From WUB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Taylor Burnett. And I'm Caleb McCluskey. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from Southeast Ohio. And this week, we have a special show focusing on higher education. This week on The Outlet, affirmative action in the courts could end with big changes for universities across the country. Both cases are considering the issue of whether the courts should overrule Grutter v. Bollinger and hold that institutions of higher education cannot use race as a factor in admissions. And Ohio University prepares students to enter a growing industry with more manufacturing jobs coming to the state. It's not just going to be Intel, it's going to be their suppliers. Um, Honda is going to have an advanced battery manufacturing plant. So there really is a fantastic change going on in Ohio right now. These stories and more right here on The Outlet. The U.S. Supreme Court is considering a ruling that restricts universities from using affirmative action as part of their application process. WUB reporter Silver Barker has more on what this means. This summer, the United States Supreme Court will decide if colleges and universities can use race as a factor in their admissions process. The court heard arguments in October on two cases regarding affirmative action. Both cases stem from lawsuits from the anti-affirmative action group Students for Fair Admissions. The group sued the University of North Carolina in 2021 and Harvard University in 2014. Lower courts have ruled in favor of both universities. Both cases are considering the issue of whether the courts should overrule Grutter v. Bollinger and hold that institutions of higher education cannot use race as a factor in admissions. In the Harvard case, the court is also considering whether the university violated the Civil Rights Act. The SFFA alleges that Harvard College is not considering race-neutral alternatives. Similarly, in the UNC case, the court is looking at whether universities can reject race-neutral alternatives if it meant changing the structure of the student body. We asked Ohio University how a ruling eliminating affirmative action would affect the university, but they declined to comment on the issue before the court. Meanwhile, in Ohio, the upcoming Supreme Court decision is not the only thing that could impact higher education. Ohio Senate Bill 83, also known as the Ohio Higher Education Enhancement Act, is a bill that could reshape campus life if passed. Recently introduced this year, the bill deals with a number of different aspects in higher education. It would ban all diversity and inclusion training and programs along with affinity groups and affirmative action. In the classroom, it would prohibit any teaching around controversial beliefs and policies, such as climate change, electoral politics, foreign policy, diversity, equity, and inclusion programs, immigration policy, marriage, or abortion. The bill would ban all academic partnerships with China, discontinuing study abroad programs. The legislation states institutions may not accept gifts, donations, or contributions from China or any organization or individual who may be acting on behalf of China. The bill also requires universities to post their course syllabi after Board of Trustee approval to submit to the Chancellor of Higher Education every three years. The bill would not allow college faculties to strike or partake in any collective bargaining. The third hearing of the bill took place last week. It has not been passed by the Senate. Similar to enrollment at main campuses, enrollment at regional campuses across universities in Ohio continues to decline. Ohio University's regional campuses are no exception. Outlet reporter Jack Dimmler talks to these students to learn why they are furthering their education this way. Affordability and accessibility are the two main factors that draw students to regional campuses. Students like Michael Lewis, a sophomore at Ohio University's Lancaster campus. 
I really enjoy the affordability and the one-on-one -on -one with my professors. That's something I've always looked for when I was looking for, you know, post-graduation education. Annual tuition and fees for regional campuses at Ohio University is about $6,000. That's about $7,000 cheaper than tuition and fees at Ohio University's main campus. Not only does Michael attend a branch campus for the affordable price. I'm also a citizen of Lancaster, so, you know, it's really just right around the block for me. So it was just really easy access and great education. Students also enjoy the small class sizes branch campuses offer. Sarah Rowan, a junior at Lancaster, said the small class sizes allow for a more personal relationship with her professors. Like at the bigger school, um, you know, it's, there's a lot more kids. Here it's very, you're one-on-one -on -one with your teachers a lot. And while affordability, accessibility, and class sizes drive Michael and Sarah to regional campuses, it's the opportunity to learn at a higher level that keeps students enrolled. Wanting to grow in my field really has kept me here that I want to reach a goal that I've set for myself. Reporting for the outlet, I'm Jack Demler in Lancaster. All five regional campuses, Eastern, Southern, Chillicothe, Zanesville, and Lancaster, have seen enrollment drop by at least 40% between 2016 and 2022. Overall total undergraduate enrollment dropped by 45.5% over the six-year span, from 6,421 students to 3,557 students. University officials say the drop matches nationwide demographic trends for the health of the U.S. economy. Vice President for Enrollment and Management Candace Boniger says the university is committed to regional campuses and is ramping up recruitment efforts by putting additional staff at each location. But having a professional who understands what's on the minds of high school students who are considering college, the employer um, segment of the economy and sort of what they need in the workforce, marrying those two together is a really important component of long-term enrollment planning. And so we've been able to invest in having that staff on each of the campuses who work in conjunction with the Athens campus folks, but they are dedicated to each of those communities that they serve. Boniger says they are addressing regional campus enrollment by creating standalone undergraduate certificates aligned with the needs of the workforce in each region. Ohio University has the opportunity to expand careers and pathways for students in new jobs that revolve around manufacturing. WEB reporter Alexi Lepoff has more on what this decision does for the university. There really is a fantastic change going on in Ohio right now. Um, Eric Steinoff, Ohio University professor and department chair, is one of the leaders behind Ascent, Appalachian Semiconductor Education and Technical Ecosystem. Ohio University is one of eight institutions chosen for Intel Semiconductor Education and Research Program in the state. The grant itself provides a million dollars a year for three years to basically build an ecosystem to provide pathways and opportunities for people in the region to gain skills that they would need to enter not just the semiconductor industry, but the high-tech industry is going to be built around the semiconductor industry. Led by OU, Ascent collaborates with other local institutions to offer hands-on experiences like the robots in this Hawking College classroom. All in an effort to prepare students for high-tech jobs like the thousands being offered at the new Intel plant in the already existing manufacturers in Ohio. It's not just going to be Intel, it's going to be their suppliers. Um, Honda's going to have an advanced battery manufacturing plant. So there really is a 
fantastic change going on in Ohio right now. Ohio is home to nearly 700,000 manufacturing jobs behind only California and Texas, but employers are struggling to fill these jobs. Ascent partner and director of workforce development at Hawking College, Adam Fowler, thinks misconceptions about the industry are to blame. Manufacturing isn't a dirty job. You know, automotive technicians not a dirty job anymore. They're very technical jobs uh, and they pay a very good uh, sustainable living wage. Fowler says the flexibility of many certificate and degree programs being offered through Ascent will make it more attractive and accessible to prospective students. You've got multiple exit ramps. You can either leave after the certificate and go to work and then return later for more education. You can leave after the two-year degree, pursue the four-year degree. Steinoff wants people to know that they may be more qualified than they think. That's one thing I would like to get across is that you know, someone who's been working in heating, ventilation, AC, or plumbing probably has the foundational skills to work at Intel. So a lot of people have the skills, and I think getting them to recognize that they could see themselves at Intel will be important. The first class of Ascent students will begin this upcoming fall. Steinoff hopes they will be graduating students from the program in time for Intel's opening in 2025. The university has applied for additional grants and funding from the state. Ohio University is set to have a new leader to tackle the challenges the school faces. Andre Noros reports. Dr. Laura Seward-Gonzalez is set to become the university's 23rd president starting July 1st with three priorities, student success, taking care of people at OU, and firm university financials. This comes after the board of trustees unanimously approved of Gonzalez serving as the next president. The president-elect was born and raised in Appalachia and will be the first woman to lead the university. She will come to Ohio University from the University of Louisville, where she served as executive vice president. Gonzalez has a background in health sciences, and current university president Hugh Sherman says this is a plus since a third of students are enrolled in health science programs at Ohio University. The president-elect acknowledges the problems the university is facing today, and she believes OU will overcome them. We are at an inflection point in higher education because of changing demographics, changing attitudes about higher education. So you're going to need an institution that has a strong foundation to weather that storm and actually come out ahead. And that's the reason that I looked at Ohio University. All the assets that we have here will let us really have a bright future for decades and decades to come. The arts gets a bad rep in terms of job placement after college, but the fine arts school at OU is growing. WEB reporter Taylor Mondragon and Emma Dolenmeyer talked to administrators in the program about what's bringing in students. Many parents are pushing their kids to study fields with high job security post-graduation. And fine arts isn't one with a reputation for high-paying jobs after college. Uh, I think for a lot of parents and for a lot of students as well, going into the arts there's a, there's a sense that there's a, a riskier choice than going to say business or something like that. It is what Marcy Yoho and her husband originally thought when their son Robbie, who's majoring in musical theater, decided he wanted to pursue the arts. Junior year of high school, Robbie came to us and said, I really think I'd like to study this in college. And my husband, who has a master's in electrical engineering and an MBA, looked at him and said, but wouldn't you like to be a pharmacist? The social cognitive dissonance is that the arts equals 
hamburger flipping. It's that attitude Dean Shaftel is working to change by ensuring students get to practice their craft their first year of school to better prepare them to find work in the arts. We are able to say to our incoming students, you will not live in your parents' basement when you graduate. You will have a job. Opportunities like working on films, performing in shows, and collaborating with other majors right out the gate is what makes this possible. Justin Daring, the assistant professor of instruction for the School of Film, says this is exactly the case for film students. So much of what happens in film learning takes place on the set, which is a space that the students create outside of the classroom. The program working to make school more affordable for its students by offering more financial aid and scholarships, leaving the program with a good problem to have, a lot of new freshmen in the fall. I don't, I don't know what we're going to do with all the students, but it, it's working. What's happening is students are going off and they're getting jobs and then they're telling their friends, oh, you should go to Ohio University. That's all we have for you this week. Thanks for joining us. The Outlet is produced each week by me, Taylor Burnett, and my assistant producer, Caleb McCluskey. We're edited by Atij Baidia, Aaron Payne, and David Forster. Adam Rich is our technical assistant, and our theme music is performed by Ryan Gavos. Enjoy the show? Tell a friend to give us a listen. They can subscribe to The Outlet on SoundCloud or Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts, or find us online at wub.org. They can also follow us on Twitter at Outlet underscore WUB or Instagram at Newswatch underscore WUB. We'll be back in a few weeks with more stories from Southeast Ohio. 